The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 27 today. Uh, we're going to talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Gnostic Gospels from Nag Hammadi, uh, and other curious uh, mystical texts. Again, like I said, uh, a lot of stuff I don't know how to spell, so you might have to help me look some of it up. He literally does not know any of this, but nope. he will hopefully know a ton by the time we're done. Yeah. Welcome to Mike and Maurice. All right. <laughs> um, so, but we'll jump right into this. The Dead Sea Scrolls um, were found in 1947 in a cave in Qumran, um, you know, in the Middle East. Uh, there's about 900 texts. They're on page, uh, parchment and papyrus. Um, they were found. It's an interesting story how they were found. Um, so, a Bedouin farmer with the Bedouins are people that live in the desert. They're able to live off the land somehow with very little water and everything. Um, but this guy was going through the desert with his uh, livestock, and he um, he threw a rock into a cave, and the rock, he heard something shatter, and he's like, oh, oh, shit. So he goes in the cave, um, finds there's a bunch of these, like, little pottery things with, you know, ancient scrolls in it. So uh, he grabs them all, as many as he can. I think he brought some people back and stuff, too. And they grabbed these things. They brought them back. And his uh, mom, I don't remember the story, mom or grandma, aunt, something, burned some of these in the fire because they had to keep warm, too. Um, and they weren't even thinking about it on the level that these could be some important stuff. So some of them actually got burned um, just by, you know. But then this guy realized these things could be valuable. So he tried Wait, to Wait, what were them. they wrote on? Uh, parchment and uh, papyrus. What the fuck is papyrus? Uh, like a fruit, dried fruit skin. No, no, no. papyrus is a type of. Um, I think it's like a. Uh, it's basically like wood, I think. But parchment, parchment could be uh, animal skin that they like dry out and they, you know, they treat it certain certain ways and stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, papyrus is just like an old style paper, basically. Looks like it's some kind of plant they transform or something. Yeah, they do. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like um, you know, like think about how they mill paper now. Obviously, that's a complex process. But back then, they did something similar. It just took a lot longer to produce that kind of stuff. God, I'm smart. I'm thinking of papaya. <laughs> Idiot. You were thinking. Idiot. Of, I'm, te- I'm teaching Gnostic gospels to literally a man that thought papyrus was papyrus. So. Um. Anyways, so back to the story. So this guy throws it. They get the stuff. They go back. The mom or whatever burns some of them. He realizes they're valuable, starts to sell them. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these things all over the place. People that, you know, because there's people from that area that obviously that's not their belief, whether they're believe, you know, they believe in um, Islam or, you know, uh, Judaism or whatever, whoever is in that area, you know, so um, (laughs) 
in terms of, uh, you know, importance, they're very important. Um, and you get a lot of stuff in there, um, that you why, don't was get she, from, why, why the fuck was she burning them? Was she again? Because it was just no significant. You know, it was just like to them, it's paper. They don't see paper out there either. So it was just like kindling, or you know, like people. You got to think about this from the perspective that people will burn stuff like that to survive. You know, it's not necessarily, um, you know, like thinking long term, like oh, this could be some important stuff or whatever. You know, they're thinking how can we uh, survive the uh, the night basically. Night. Yeah, but uh, well, I guess isn't aren't they surrounded by wood and shit? If I found some paper with some scratches, no, they're not. They're in the, it's in the desert, bro. Here, I'm gonna pull up a picture right now, so you can see what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, they're literally in these caves. I don't know. So it's such a random chance thing that that. This is where this shit was found. Um, so you see there these little openings. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and it's kind of look at it. It's kind of a weird. It almost looks like a hand, like one, two, three, four, five. You know, little nubs right. here. Um, but uh, yeah. So and it's interesting. They think the people that wrote that were the specific Jewish ta- uh, sect called the Scenes. Um, they even, there's been speculation that Jesus might have even been part of this little group and they were kind of like outcasts because there's a lot of, you know, if you weren't for whatever was popular at the time back then, you were a heretic. So if you be- believe something that was against the grain of what everybody else was currently believing in, um, you were a heretic or you were weird or, you know, you were yeah. an outcast. So um, in terms it's like of like Christianity in uh, Silicon Valley right now, you say you're Christian, dude. People flip. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's all came full. It's pretty good. Yeah, did you see the, the little episode last night? It wasn't last night. It comes or out on two Sunday. nights ago. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I watch them all. I watch them all. That was pretty crazy how they did that. Fast forward like two months, this thing was cleared. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Um, but teach me, man. Teach me what the fuck we're okay. So, so look here, I'll pull up some of you know. The uh, you can get an idea how worn these things out are. So, do they still have them uh, in possession, or are they? Yeah, they're they're being studied. They're they're actually kept in uh, super controlled, you know, like humidity and yeah, yeah. You know, to study them, you have to go in there with like they're encased, and you know, there are people. I think there's a cool National Geographic. Um, little like 45 minute documentary thing about them. You can, anybody can look on uh, Netflix. I believe it's on there, but um, yeah, they're just old as fuck. And they're very, very brittle and they've lost some of them already just to like time and the aging. And once they're exposed to obviously air and moisture and stuff. Yeah. That's um, like all the old artifacts in DC. They won't let you take pictures or anything. Cause even the right. flash will like decompose them. Right. So it's gotta be super, uh, air controlled. It's got to be, you know, the climate, you know, in terms of, uh, like I said, humidity and um, they can't like laminate control. that shit or something. <laughs> well, there's oh, they're, they're probably afraid that they're going to break the fucking thing. A lot of it's been translated. I think there's still maybe a few of them that haven't been, uh, um, you know, translated yet. But I mean, shit. You know, it's uh, there. Some of those have missing like chunks out of them, like whole sentences and stuff too. So I think part of it's left up for interpretation as well. It's not just so 
cut and dry, you know, analyzing these things. It's not like, oh, I'm just reading this in ancient, you know, Greek or Hebrew or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's the skit. These guys are chewing gum. They rip off a little sentence, spit their right. gum out in it. Fucking oh, 10,000 years of history is gone. Right, right, right. Some dude spit his fucking gum onto it. <laughs> Burning it for kindling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And lights a cigar off half the corner. Uh, check this out. So this is where they were found in terms of, uh, you know, the Dead Sea and everything. Very tough. Oh, Judah! Um, yeah, so it's literally in the middle of the desert. Like I said, the Bedouin, the Bedouins. Uh, you know how we did that one on uh, Petra in the desert, that cool-ass thing from the third Indiana Jones where it's just carved out of the the rock wall? Um, yeah. I think we, we talked about it on our ancient lost civilization episode. Um, but those are the people that basically live there. They're they're super good at finding ways to survive in the desert with like no rainfall, basically no water. I don't know how they do it. I'm sure that modern days it's a lot easier. But back then it was like, how are these people living? You know, they find a way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, and, and then the other things about the uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls that I find interesting is that there's certain parts of it that people will dismiss too. Oh, you know, like that wouldn't be in the real Bible or whatever, but this shit's old. Well, what one. are these things, you know? What okay, is well, so so see if you can pull up the contents of it. I forget how there's a, there's a decent amount of stuff in there, um, but, there, you know, there's 14 um, Greek letters used throughout it. Um, you know, so there was some Greek, um, some Aramaic. Um, it wasn't just composed of one language either. It was like a collection of different stuff. Um you know, oh, one of them is on copper. So they're not all on, um, that was the other thing too. One of them's on a copper scroll too, like pure copper. So it's, they weren't all just on papyrus or parchment. There's some weird, you know, stuff there. Um, what does it say? It says cave four was discovered on August, 1952. Yeah. So, so some of them haven't even been, you know, excavated till that point, you know, damn. Yeah, there's a uh, bunch of them. There's like 12, there's a, yeah, 12 caves or cave 12 yeah. discovered on February 2017. So these these guys are still chipping away and finding new stuff every day, it seems. There's some speculation, too, that they hid that they were out in the desert and they hid all those texts and stuff because at the time the Romans were ruling that there could have been some sort of, let's hide this shit, get it away from the Romans, you know, keep this yeah. tradition alive, but not let it... Uh, you know, let it take this whole thing down, basically. Yeah. Well, let's let's get down to the nit grit. <laughs> what? So what? It's just a it's a type of Bible. It's it's really it's like well, it's similar a, it's to the Bible. Okay, so here's the thing: is people look at the Bible and they think the Bible is literally just one story. Do you know that the Bible is a collection of like fifty? I mean, the, the New Testament right, is like a collection right. of like fifty different things that have nothing to do really. They everybody thinks that somebody sat down or within like a hundred years of each other, whatever they think. That's not the case at all. It's just a collection. So this is actually a bigger collection. I think that there's certain things in there, uh, you know, like Book of Enoch and like all. I, I don't know if that's for sure. And there, look that up. See if you can find that. Um, but there's Enoch. You know, you know, in terms of uh, content, it's like some of this stuff, um, you know, could be lost knowledge or, you know, even if you don't believe in religion, maybe there's something in there that's useful, you know? So I don't think that people should be looking at, oh, this is hoaxy or weird. These Essene people weren't aligned exactly with that, what I believe or whatever, you know, they weren't. Yeah. 
it wasn't like a bad or their agenda. You know, it's not like some cult wrote down their beliefs on stuff and left it for people or anything like that. Right, right. Do you see anything on there about that? I don't know. I got kids. There's a lot of information on this shit. <laughs> not to call it shit. It's very important stuff we're talking here. I don't know. I can look up straight up if an Enoch was a part of anything. Yeah, just look up. Let me see uh, here. Dead Sea Scroll Enoch. The word I don't know how to spell. Um, it says yeah, aromatic Enoch scroll. Yeah, uh, there's nothing coming up together. Oh, <laughs> oh, and it's got considered the oldest or the earliest. I'm sorry, Old Testament manuscript still in existence. It's got the Book of Esther. So it said Old Testament stuff in that. Uh, yeah, I mean the New Testament. Well, a lot of it was from more recent stuff, like when Constantine redid the Bible, you know, obviously left certain things out, kept added stuff in, you know, so there was an agenda, I would say there. Yeah. How do we feel about Constantine? This guy, real turd. I don't know. The one that was played by Keanu Reeves was a real turd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. So, I mean, look, you know, in terms of their importance, I think they're hugely important. And I think there's there's also weird shit. And I know for a fact there's weird stuff in there because I've seen um, stuff talking about that's why people dismiss it or whatever, you know, um, because they can't really, you know, like certain even there's stuff in the Bible. Obviously, we've talked about this, you know. So summing up, summing up the contents, you would say that it's a it's a it's like an offshoot of the Bible. It's a. Older version. Yeah, and like more mystical aspects of it. There's not specific um, agendas at play, I feel like. It was just more of like the knowledge of the time and then let people take from it or whatever they will. You know, I think, you know, like I said, how many versions of the Bible? The Bible's been revised a bunch of times too, and it's just a collection of different stories. It's like playing the game telephone. You know, by the time it gets to the last person, there's... You know, right, right. Jesus meditating before he died and his soul going. Now everybody thinks that he literally rose from the dead, which I guess we don't know. I wasn't there. But if you had to ask me based on everything I know, I would say it's far more realistic that it was an analogy for Jesus' soul leaving his body and ascending back up into heaven. That's what I would say. But, you know, there's people yes. out there that, that say differently. So, all right, let's jump from the Dead Sea Scrolls now. Let's go to uh, Jesus. the Gnostic Gospels. Um, well, look, we could talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls all day, and we maybe we'll revisit it in the future, but I just there's so much information there. I think people just need to be aware of it and just look into it you know, yourself a little bit and just see. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, if any, any of it resonates with you, I think it's super interesting either way, and the fact that where they were found, how they were found, it was almost like fate, you know? Um, so... But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to do some reading in the Bible too. I, yeah, you know, definitely. Regardless of what what I believe or not, I, I think it's an interesting read. It might be a hard read, right? And I like I liked a lot of the good tidbits in there. The Dead Sea Sea Scrolls are awesome, but I this is what I've been getting into lately called the Gnostic Gospels. Um, they were found in Nag Hammadi, Egypt, in uh, 1945. Similarly. 
Uh, I think somebody like tripped over some pottery or something and all these uh, texts were exposed. Um, let's see if I can pull something up here. Um, and they look old too. They look beaten down, brutalized um, text here. So it was like right after the war ended. Yeah. Um, where was this found? Okay, so hold on. I was thinking about that the other day in Nag Hammadi in Egypt. Um, I was thinking about that the other day. That's interesting you say that. Think about Roswell happened in 1947. And look, I'm not trying to correlate a bunch. I'm just saying there, there's some weird Tom stuff. Tom DeLong. There was some weird Tom stuff DeLong. happening during this time. In 1947, you had Roswell. There's numerous sightings around that range right after World War II. World War II had just ended. We had taken over all of the Nazi scientists, brought them into our, uh, you know, NASA and science and all that. And that's, you know, the project paper. Yeah, our torture chambers, if you will. Um, And then basically uh, from there, you know, you've got, so 1945, you find these Gnostic Gospels. 1947, you find, or 1946, 1947, you find the Dead Sea Scrolls. 1947, you've got, um, you know, Roswell happening. I just think that, if you look at it, there's something bigger at play because we don't have stuff happening. I, I feel like that kind of stuff hasn't really happened in a long time that I can think of where something, you know, a few different hugely important things. Because even, look, if you think religion's bullshit or you think God's bullshit or you're an atheist or whatever the case may be, the fact, the coincidences of finding all these old texts in within a couple of years that were hidden, that were just randomly found by, look, look at even Gobekli Tepe, that's probably the most modern thing I can think of that's similar with this guy. Hey, there's a bump on the ground. Oh, wait, there's a massive early human temple that was built here. Um, you know, like, ooh, these people are just tripping over shit in the desert and it's ending up being the most important shit ever found, you know? So, yeah. Um, there's something to that. I don't know. But yeah, just that weird timeline that I think there's something to that as well. Whether there's propaganda being, you know, created because of that or against that or whatever. I just feel like there's some weird shit there. Um, but let's jump back to the, the Gnostic Gospels. So, so they were found in 1945 in Nagamati. Um, same thing. I think they were um, looked at initially as like not that... Uh, not that important. I don't know. You know, these people, because these people, if you're not from that religion or don't have any perspective on that, you probably aren't even looking for something like that or understanding, you know, what that's all about, basically. Yeah. Um, but there they are. Look at those beauties. Those are worth lots of looties. <laughs> um, loonies and toonies. Yeah. Um, but I think you'll appreciate this. Um, you know, there's some. Here, I'll see if I can pull that up. There's some. Uh, I'm reading, doing a little reading on here on the stuff right here. The the Melchizedek's in here, bro, buddy. Your 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 buddy Melchizedek. Yeah, it's right in the text. The Melchizedek text. <laughs> um, hold on a second. So what? This is just a. It's a book, you know, about Jesus, the New Testament, but it varies a lot from right. the, the New Testament that we're familiar with. Right. Did you write so like, this? No, here's uh, oh, I just you know copy shit down. <laughs> and, no, I just make it into you know notation form. I, you know, take stuff and just edit a few things off of it, just yeah. so it's easy to see. But um, you know, there's secret book of James, secret book of you know this, that, and the other. The you know the book of John, um, 
a lot of these things are, are considered her- heretical or you're a heretic if you believe this stuff because there's a couple different figures throughout time. Like there's this guy, Marcion, who brought this stuff to kind of popularity um, and you know, from ancient Roman times. And then there was another guy that contradicted that and said that if you believe this, you're a heretic. So a lot of this stuff got shown as like, you're, you know, you're a weirdo, you're a heretic or whatever. Um, but a lot of these books are fucking interesting as hell. Um, basically what the Gnostic gospels talk about is how the God that created our universe is not the God, the God of all gods, not the God that we think that we're praying to, or the God of the old Testament, uh, the God in these texts that, you know, the God of gods, what happened is the God, you know, that created all things created, um, forethought, you know, and from mm-hmm. there, Christ spirit, um, it was associated with this, the female aspect, which was Sophia. Now Sophia went on her own and tried to create something without the, her other half, the Christ. And by creating that created this, um, creature or, entity or whatever his name's Yaldavaoth. And Yaldavaoth was is the name of what we think of as God when we think of God from the Old Testament or whatever. And what this guy, this Yaldavaoth did was create a universe where he was trying to recreate the spiritual realm. And he wasn't the one true God. So he wasn't really able to create, recreate what he saw or what he knew of as the spiritual realm. Instead, he created what we know as our world where there's error and hardship and heartache and murder and death and you know it's not perfect so people that have died and gone to heaven uh, and been resuscitated or revived they talk about heaven as this amazing wonderful place well um and a lot of them talk about how they wish they stayed dead or wish that they could go back um right you know in terms of you know you look at it like that like you could say two things that get the god from the old testament is the one true god and that it's all a test or whatever um, or you could say maybe he's another entity that's just part of the chain of command, you know. Um, and either way, I don't think anything's bad. I think back in the back then, like the the uh, ancient days, I think there was a lot of like do or die type shit that we've kind of weeded out of our evolution of, of us in our spirituality. Meaning, you know, look at the God of the Old Testament; he's very, very, very strict, very, very, very tough very, very just, you know, intense. Um, and I don't think when people think of God, if he's this great ball, an entity of love and light and this and that, as long as you're a good person, how, how should you, even, you know, you shouldn't have to fear. There's a lot of people that walk around every day, fear for that they'll go to hell, fear that they'll cease to exist, whatever the case may be, uh, based on their actions, but they're still good people. They're just worried about every little thing. So I think that there's something to this idea that the God that created all, um, you know, is it really is this God of love and this God of light. And maybe the, the God or the, they call it the Demiurge, the Demiurge that created us, this Demiurge, um, you know, created this false thing. And we're basically trapped in these meat suits, if you will, these meat bodies. I've heard a couple people say, um, and really, you know, so when he created that, the Yaldavoth created us, he was immediately jealous because when he breathed breath into Adam, um, 
he gave part of himself to Adam and Adam was immediately better than him or more superior in some way. So yeah, there's look like at some, his physique, man. Yeah, it was fucking ripped. So, so there's some sort of jealousy associated with that, meaning that when he gave us the breath of life, that he transferred something from God to us that made us immediately more valuable, or if you will. Um, and that's the there's a book of Adam from in these Gnostic texts too that that talk about all that that you guys can look up. But uh, so was God pissed off at us? It wasn't our fault. We were fucking created. I mean. Well, that's no, that. That, that, yeah, that's the point. He knows that, and he, I think he's there to guide us. Okay, so to, to hit on that point, that's interesting you say that. So in the Garden of Eden, the story goes that the devil tempted Eden as a serpent to eat from the tree of life. Now, the Gnostics look at it differently. They think that the God that was telling Eve to not eat the apple was actually Yaldavaoth, who was jealous, saying don't eat from the tree, don't have knowledge, don't, don't, you know, gain this, this, this aspect of life, you know, kind of a thing, holding humanity back and God being the serpent said, eat from the, you know, God came in as the serpent and ate from, you know, or told them to eat from the tree and immediately they knew they were naked. So that gave them knowledge and from knowledge became, you know, more knowledge and then the quest for knowledge. And it's been, you know, this ongoing thing ever since, so in a sense, if you think about it, does that not make sense that the real God would want us to know everything and somebody that created us that had some sort of jealousy was trying to keep us back? That happens today. You know, that's happening in society today. Right, but the person that created us would still want us to be, to hail them. Right. Right, and praise them. So. Yeah, but what, what if you their intentions want, weren't the best? What if... What if their intentions of, of creating us, they thought they were doing good, but by creating us, they think about now when you're jealous or you're envious of something, you, you don't like a part of yourself or you don't like a part of somebody else or whatever the case may be. That's a flaw. And if you're supposedly the God of everything, you wouldn't have that flaw. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. I'm not saying this is the right answer or the right way or anything like that. I just think it's, super fucking interesting to think about because most people think about as God as, Oh, he just created everything. But you know, when you think about angels and who are angels, who are archangels, who are, uh, who's Melchizedek, who is all these fucking amazing figures from, you know, all these ancient texts and all these ancient stories and all that stuff. So I think that there's a hierarchy and there's a whole system in place. And I think people just conveniently think of Jesus and God, Oh, you know, and they are the saviors and, um, Christ was a perfect, you know, or close to a perfect human being, if not perfect that you could be, um, you know, and there's interesting things. So like one of the more interesting things of the, the Gnostic gospels is the gospel of Thomas, um, where there's a part where Jesus, when he's a kid was playing with a kid and the kid fell off the roof and died. And they thought that Jesus killed the kid, but really Jesus resurrected this kid back to life and the kid told everybody, no, Jesus did not kill me. Um, so there's like a not, few, there's like a, a real few John Snow situation. Huh? Yeah. There's like a few real mystical things in there that you wouldn't find in the Bible, which I think is really weird about the Bible because, um, you know, obviously the stories of Jesus walking on water and turning wine, water into wine and, you know, Moses parting the Red Sea and all sorts of shit that, that you, that could be considered that, but um, raising somebody back to life, you know, like that's some intense shit. That's not splitting some water. 
I heard Moses just dropped a little log in a fucking puddle. <laughs> yeah, it was a turd when he saw the fucking <laughs> waters rising. Um, that's the other thing too. I mean, you think of like Moses and Noah, both these fuckers are old, you know, like who knows how old these people, they always talk about how old these guys are like 700 years, 300 years. Like, I think they were talking about how, uh, it could be that Moses was really like 78 years old and that the stories of were actually in months as opposed to, years or something like that. So there's stuff like that, that maybe there was some sort of disconnect. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, and this would be crazy, but what if time, you know, obviously we use time to quantify, um, you know, or separate, you know, one minute from the next or breakdown of experiences or whatever. But what if time was altered by some sort of like the universe or the galaxy around us, meaning that, what if, if there was another planet in orbit or there was some sort of supernova or something that altered um, like our orbit or something, you know, and made us spin faster or had a longer orbit or something? Because that would affect time based on days, you know? Yeah, it's weird. So I was thinking about that, too. There could have been some cataclysm and maybe there was a whole different world of that kind of like the, the whatever was before and then after the cataclysm it changed our orbit or changed the way um you know our procession or something like that i don't know just an interesting thought um but yeah back to the gnostic gospels so yeah there's just so many things there's you know like i was saying melchizedek um what was i gonna say Let's yeah who is mel old mel there's some people say it's a figure, kind of like a Christ-type figure that pops up um, over time throughout the Bible. The Bible, I think he's in only two places. I think he's in Genesis, and I think he's in something else. Um, but he uh, he supposedly... Um, he's supposedly a... Uh, like an order of like that Melchizedek could be like an order of priesthood. Like I've even heard things that say Jesus was an part of the order of Melchizedek or whatever. So maybe it's some special, you know, if you're a Christ like being or you're some evolved spiritual being, maybe that's like the highest order of that or something, you know? Uh, but Melchizedek, if you look at like the Arantia papers talks about how, and by the way, I think a lot of this Gnostic gospel stuff is stuff that's in the Arantia papers. Some of that stuff that you've never heard of that were, in some of the religious aspects of it, not the scientific stuff. Um, but if you're, if you're going by the Urantia papers, it talks about how Melchizedek is a figure that comes carnated over time to help humanity, you know, get through their woes. Basically, if there's some sort of intervention needing to be had or something like that. Hmm. So maybe like, if, you know, if you see like a, you know, if we're talking about, uh, um, you know, like good and evil or whatever, you know, if you've got your, your Hitler and your, um, your Hitlers, your, you know, Napoleons, your, you know, Mussolini, whoever you've, you know, got coming back, you know, that, that could be like the negative or the evil aspect of that, you know, and Melchizedek could be like the positive aspect of it. That's you know? a, that, those guys are Melchizedek whack. <laughs> 
They are Malkiza crack. <laughs> um, but they, uh, they come from the bed from the hood, man. Malkiza <laughs> whack. But the thing is, I, th- I find it interesting about all this stuff is, like I said, is the timeline when these things were found, the information stating that there was other um, stuff at bay, you know, than what was meets the eye kind of thing. And I've always believed that. I think I'm a huge believer in intuition. I think they've actually been able to prove that intuition is a real thing and a real capability through science recently. Um, and I'm a firm believer that I've always been intuitive that there is some sort of realm or stuff that we're not seeing or stuff that we're just not understanding because there's just no explanation for any of this, even if it came from nothing. Well, where did that nothing come from? So, you know. Yeah, some people might say that you, you're feeling the, the, the presence of God or Lord. Right. Well, maybe I am. Maybe they're angels, you know, like seriously, I mean, I, you know, I've lost people around me and stuff. They could be angels. They could be, um, spirit guides. They could be, you know, we, again, we can't, we can only fathom what we can sense, which is our taste, touch, sight, you know, hearing all that stuff. Um, well, if but, you tap deeper into your pineal gland or whatever the fuck you call it, pineal, penal, pineal, penal, um, yeah, I just, uh, so yeah, I've always felt like I've been always into this aspect of myself, this intuitive aspect. And look, I'm not just saying this, but when I play like trivia games or I'm taking a test or something, I always go with my gut and it's always right. Usually, you know, like, um, do you ever play this game on your phone called HQ trivia? I definitely, no. recommend it. you win money. Actually, One of my, one of my, what uh, plays that. Yeah, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, my fiance got me into it. I've been playing it lately. I got to the end last night, lost one qu- fucking question, almost lost my mind. But um, so yeah, so I, I always stick with my gut gut feeling, and I think if most people do that, I think everybody will be fine. I think people when they start to overanalyze and contemplate and, and go back and forth about things, I think that's when error gets let in, and you're it's almost like a waste of time. So yeah, I've experienced that a lot with playing poker. When I yeah. don't go with my gut, you know, it's usually right, but you'll force you know, you'll you'll talk yourself into doing something stupid. Yeah, because what's the aspect right of it? What's the aspect of it that's holding you up though, right? It's the it's the the, the moolah, it's the cash. Gotta get know? the cash, gotta get it fast. I know, but like think sweet. about it. take you should play as if you've taken that out of the that aspect, you'd be unbelievable, you know, because you're not worried about you're just reacting upon what you're seeing and what you're experiencing as opposed to overthinking what this dude's doing or what this dude's doing, you know? Well, they say you shouldn't have to worry about the cash. If you're, if you're playing and you're worried about losing, then you're playing a little too, too high. I know, but take that out of the whole concept of it entirely. Like, don't even think that you're like, it's money itself and just play as if it was a game and that you're intuitively trying to figure it out. I guarantee you'd probably clean it. Oh yeah. It's harder to disconnect from that cash though. Right. Oh yeah. Well, it's part of our life. Right. Unfortunately, it's like a tether, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to touch on all this good stuff and all this, uh, this light and life and love. Let's Uh take it. Let's take it to a little dark realm here just for a second, just because I believe that you can't know the light until you know, know the darkness. Um, preach out now. (laughs) Um, so the Devil's Bible, also called the Codex Gigas, um, 
It's a 165-pound book, biggest book in history. It's basically called the Devil's Bible um, because... Yeah, because if you read it, you got to be fucking insane. <laughs> um, but the guy that wrote it in 1230 AD was a monk that made supposedly made a deal with the devil um, in oh, one night. the guitar real good? Well, or? well, no, what he said was, so he was in trouble. He did something wrong. I forget. They were either going to kick him out of the monastery or something like that. Um, and he said to to for to repent his sins or to stay among God's grace or whatever he was gonna uh, compose the greatest thing ever written within one yep. night or something like that. See, it's always with this this music shit, man. So it's, but it's not music; it's a book. Um, anyway, no, no, I'm saying compose. You know, right, 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 right. So he um, he writes this thing supposedly in one night. Now. This thing is still in existence. It's in decent shape. There's some weird stories around it. Different kings and queens have had it. It's escaped numerous fires. Um, Sweden, I think they hold it now, but it used to be in uh, uh, Prague for a long time. And Prague's got a huge, like, dark underbelly there, too. Um, but this thing, they analyzed this thing. I watched some National Geographic thing on this, similar to the Dead Sea Scrolls, but it was about this. Um, and what they did was they, these people analyzed, they were like writing experts and handwriting experts. Cause they said this thing's so big, it, nobody could write it in one lifetime, let alone one night. Um, and they analyzed the whole thing and they said that only one person wrote this based on the handwriting and everything. This massive, massive fucking book. Um, crazy. So yeah, I don't what know. I think weigh? 165 pounds. Fuck me. And actually, it has the only known picture of the devil in any sort of manuscript, meaning that this guy actually drew out this devil. It kind of looks like... Uh, Jack Black. No, it looks like um, one of the Muppets, the one that's like... <laughs> one that's like... Here, see. Animal? Hold on, let me see if I can pull up something here. Yeah, you'll laugh your ass off. Um, what Muppet? Gondo? Um, You'll see. I, I can't think of the, the the green one that's got like horns. Kermit. Oh. <laughs> You're a hermit. Oh, the here we go. With I horns. I don't know any Muppet with horns. I got this thing. Oh, I got something full of that ass. <laughs> All right, let me pull this thing up here. So this guy, he he drew the devil too. It wasn't just words. Yeah, he drew it. Let's see. Oh, I thought you were gonna show me the fucking Muppet. <laughs> no, fuck the Muppet. Who gives a fuck about the Muppet? So why would he look like that? I don't know. That's just how this guy saw him. I'll tell you this: when I, I when I meditate, I'm deep in. Like sometimes I do it for like an hour, or hour and a half. I've done it before where I've gotten so deep where you kind of do coast through these like entities that are like mutated and ugly and you know yeah so you're saying it was a vision of some sort yeah maybe this guy was just tapped into something or maybe he was having some sort of i was taking drugs he was writing yeah, hormone that release dmt release he could have been anything um, he was on but, adderall man some ancient adderall for sure right he wrote that shit in one night <laughs> We're coming no with a show called Ancient Adderall. <laughs> these aliens doing Adderall. Yeah, that's the that's how the pyramids were built, man. Adderall, it's that simple. Yeah, um, they, didn't, they didn't give them food. They pumped them up from the, from the fucking Adderall, and these guys carried stones on their back, bro. So the other thing I was gonna say is, so like that the the text. I think one of the people that uh, one of the 
she was a queen, queen, queen Christina, I think her name was from, uh, um, I think it was either Prague or Sweden or something, but she, um, she had it for a while and there was some weird shit with that. One of the people that I forget, I look it up, but one of the people that owned it killed like a ton of fucking people too. And we were just like pure evil. So different people have had control of this thing. Um, and now it's in a museum, probably a good thing. It's fucking, you know, a cult yeah, doesn't I, I, I have also, it or something. I also think that, you know, when people, when something surrounds something like that, people start, you know, thinking about it and they start generating their own bad energy that comes with it. So right. is it evil? I don't know. Is it, is Did you the listen to that? Of it? Did you listen to that podcast with Steven Tyler on Joe Rogan? Ah, no. They talk about exactly what you're talking about because he was asking him about muscle shoals because he was talking about Stephen Tyler was talking about how he oh, recorded yeah, yeah. muscle shoals. Right. And they were talking about like, heart, like you know, there's this other guy, Rupert Sheldrick. He's a scientist and he talks about like um, resonance, like harmonic or not harmonic resonance, like basically stuff getting trapped, like the memory of things being trapped in like physical things. So like if it's rocks or crystals or whatever, um, you can... Um, so like if, for instance, muscle shoals, maybe there's, there's the energy that's been trapped into that room from all the great acts and all the amazing takes and all the stuff. It's just, you know, think of it as like uh, the room's got memory basically, you know, and you're feeling that memory yeah. when you're in there kind of a thing. So that's what they were talking about. I thought that was actually super interesting because I watched that documentary on Netflix about muscle shoals too. And it was actually pretty interesting. But I also think that your brain creates something too. And you're anticipating, like you're going to Egypt, you're going to play in front of the pyramids, you're anticipating it. You know, the history there that might make it magical because you're generating that kind of energy. Well, I'm, I don't want to speak for sure. And I agree with you, but I think the Grateful Dead or Jerry said that he felt like they played like shit. At the, yeah. The, there's something with the the wiring was a pain in the ass or something they had to do. It's just like the audio is something was a big pain in the ass and it wasn't as fun or enjoyable or something. I don't know. I forget. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. I think that you're right too. I think, I think it's maybe it's a mixture of both. Yeah. Well, yeah. What if there's something that's like a, giving off something and then obviously you're the receiver of that. So, you know, that could be it too. Well, there's a ton of crazy shit that happened surrounding the exorcist. Now is it, you know, came from fucking the beyond or is it because they're making a movie of the devil and everybody's in that negative mindset and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. What do you think? Do you believe in that? Like, do you believe that exorcisms are real, meaning that somebody's possessed? I have no or, idea. Do you, or do you think it's something like schizophrenia, like a severe case of schizophrenia or some sort of psychological disassociative uh, syndrome or something like that? I, I think that there's definitely something amiss with their brain. Right. But when I chalk it up from fucking being, you know, Possessed by the devil. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I would a go cre- more a creepy to a- one. A creepy one is actually that exorcism of something Rose, Emily yeah, Rose I've seen or something. That. Like that one's interesting because that girl's just a normal school chick. And then all of a sudden she's fucking nutty, you know? Right, right. Um, so there's something to that, but, uh, well, weird, weird stuff can happen to your brain. But the when- more I think the, I, I've been, I, even though I find all this like, you know, heaven and hell shit, super interesting. I think though, the thing is, is like recently the Pope came out, he didn't, people think, Oh, the Pope reported there's no hell. That's not what happened. I read the whole thing about this. So what happened was, yeah, he just wanted to fucking be able to do some shit, man. We (laughs) talked about this girls on his arms when he said it, not fucking (laughs) pipe in his mouth. He, uh, he 
was having a conversation with some local like journalist guy that he normally has like sit downs with or just find each other interesting. And like, they talk about different things. Um, and in that conversation with that guy, I believe he did say he believes there's no hell or something along those lines. There's no hell, or I think there's no hell or whatever he said. And that mm-hmm. guy wrote that in an article, but I guess they didn't get permission to publish it or for him to say that. And then they had to kind of backtrack on it the next couple of days. Oh, the Pope didn't say this. And all the people from the Vatican are saying it wasn't said, blah, blah. But then I read this thing where he did have the conversation with the guy. He did say something along those lines. Um, And to be honest with you, I believe that. I believe that when we die, we just cease to exist if we're pieces of shit. Meaning that, um, if you killed somebody or you're a pedophile or you're something disgusting, you're something wrong with you. You know, you've done committed some sort of heinous act or horrific stuff or whatever the case may be. Um, maybe, you know, your soul, instead of moving on to the next realm or whatever, it just ceases to exist, meaning that you've embraced, you know, like, I think that's what they, all these like the ranch papers, all these things they talk about. If you, get too attached to the material world or you're too you've embraced negative and evil and all that stuff if you've embraced it towards the end then yes you might cease to exist meaning otherwise you your soul would just move on to the next level type of a thing so mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i think it's a i'm inclined to believe that why you know i mean we have jails here and prisons and stuff like that but we don't have prisons where the devil's tickling somebody's butthole over a fire (laughs) while he's being stabbed by hot pokers you know so it's like i think that there's different levels to that too but i just think that if you're a terrible person you're most likely just your soul will cease to exist so yeah well, I don't know. Being tickled in the ass with a feather and poked, that might be someone's <laughs> heaven. I don't know. That's your fetish, bro. But One person's heaven can be another person's hell. And we will end re- it on that. I didn't mean to reveal you, but yes, we will end it on that. Um, Sorry, I'm more of a peanut butter guy myself. but <laughs> A peanut butter and Gordon the Gecko type of guy. <laughs> um, all right, folks. Well, thank you for joining us again, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.